sing some Christmas carols that you know. We encourage you to go ahead and sing along with us. We're here to worship our God tonight. So we encourage you to be a part of this. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her key. Let every heart prepare and room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing.
I mean, I don't know about you, but my day's been, like, like Lori said yesterday, it kind of like a train. It starts off slow, and then it just gathers speed. And it's like there's so much going on right now at this time of year. And I'm glad to come to this moment where we can just kind of slow down, take a breath, and just really get in the moment. This, this moment right here, not the one that comes after where there's a memory of family and a meal and, and presence, but this moment right now, as we honor the king of the universe who came to show us his love. And, and one of the ways we do that tonight, we're going to take up an offering. And for a couple of years, we, we stopped doing the offering on Christmas Eve. It was just too short and all this. And people's, I had people really offended. Came, Why did you stop taking the offering? And we really, I mean, it, it's offensive that you don't honor the very reason we come, just to give back and honor our king. So, or be it for me, let's go ahead and take an offering. So we're going to ask the ushers to come. We're going to have a blessing over the, over the offering. And then I'm going to share a few minutes with you before we sing some more. So let me just, uh, just as the ushers come, let me just pray over this giving. God, as we, as we pause for a moment, we delight in the fact that the giver is you. You've taught us the way to be and the greatest way to be. You are the God of joy. As as uh, um, Dallas Willard said, that there is no greater being of joy. There's no greater joy in all the universe. So you are a God of joy. And I just thank you for that, Lord. And we get to celebrate and participate in that joy tonight as we give back small gifts in order to just honor you and say thank you. We do this in gratitude and joy, not out of compulsion and thanks and worship. In Jesus' name, amen. This kind of comes to an end of a season for us. 2019, man, it's just about over. I want to pause and just take a moment to think about this incredible, this, this story that we're in, this adventure that we've, in, that we've been parked, uh, embarked on with God, and where it all began. Um, I came across this story. Um, somebody wrote this, and I want to read this as kind of a perspective of where we're at tonight. C.S. Lewis called it a great supposal, a Christmas supposal. It happened many years ago, although in the celestial city, time is irrelevant. The angelic hosts were gathered in two companies before the great throne, arranged by their rank and duty. The two great ones, Michael and Gabriel, were seated on lesser thrones at the head of each company, with scores of cherubs and seraphs and soldiers arrayed behind them. The time was at hand. After epochs of waiting, longing, wondering, that of which the prophets have spoken in the Holy Scriptures had arrived. It was now time for Messiah's advent, His coming to earth. That second person of the Godhead, the eternal Son of the Almighty, the manifest one would now be sent to the tiny blue planet 
to redeem the creatures on whom his affection was set. Angelic hearts began to race. They had dreamed of this day. There were so many questions that would now be answered. Some expected the Messiah to travel to earth on a chariot of fire like the one that had gathered Elijah heavenward years ago. Others had rumored, heard rumors that God would form the Messiah from the dust of the ground as he had done from the very beginning ages ago. Yet in actuality, I had not seen, nor had the angelic hearts been prepared for this particular advent. From the mist of the throne thundered a voice that was at once both terrifying in its power and comforting in its tone. The decree of God sounded forth informing the angelic host that Messiah will transition to earth by means of an ancient institution, the family. One could hear the angels gasp, a family? A, a human family? Out of all the potential methods the Ancient of Days could employ, he did that which no one expected. Michael raised the question that was on everyone's mind. Oh, eternal one, he asked. They've all turned aside. All of them have gone astray. Even the mightiest of men wrestle with pride and fear. Their lives are filled with drama. Who could handle such a responsibility? At that very moment, before the throne arose a great mist, Flashes of lightning and circles of rainbow proceeded from the mist, and images began to appear. The angels could now see beyond the celestial city, through time and space. The images grew clearer and clearer until they revealed a scene unfolding on earth. It was a young man and, and a virgin at their betrothal ceremony. Gabriel whispered, they're so young. Then the Almighty spoke again. Behold my servants, Joseph and Mary, of Nazareth, of the tribe of Judah, descendants of David. Mary will carry Messiah in her womb, and she will nurse him at her breast. Together, Joseph and Mary will see my son through his earthly pilgrimage. Don't let their humble estate fool you. They have the greatest of all human traits. They trust me. They walk by faith. These two ordinary people will soon be husband and wife, and they will carry all of the stress of any other couple. Added to that, they will have the enormous weight of being the earthly parents of deity. No angel could dare ask questions or question the wisdom of the Creator, yet God knew their hearts were troubled about this plan. Once again, God explained, My beloved messengers, the human family is my most mysterious yet powerful creation. For that reason, the fallen ones from your ranks have waged war against the families from, begin from the beginning. Yet the truth remains that if a husband and wife will simply walk with me, I will make from their union a cocoon that will transform a simple boy into a mighty man of valor. I can convert a little girl into a jewel among women. The very Son of God can grow in favor and stature with God and, and man until he is ready to pay the ultimate price. Master, an angel said, will we be allowed to at least set a legion of our best soldiers to watch over this family? Oh, you will have your part as always, answered the Almighty. But please remember that I forge a family as I form a diamond. They will experience stress and enormous pressure. They will at times fear for their lives and for the rest and for the life of their son. Yet, as they walk with me, I assure you, 
that the mission will be accomplished. So let it begin. Then there was silence in heaven for about half an hour as a new star exploded into existence over the hillside of Judea. Then suddenly it did lean in. The words were spoken. And she will give birth to her firstborn son and wrap him in swaddling cloths and lay him in a manger because there is no room for him in the inn. Have you ever thought about the way that God actually brought about Jesus coming to the earth as being a little unique? I mean, have you thought about this? That God chose of all the ways that he could have brought this creator into earth. Into I mean, he could have brought him into this powerful thing like, you know, like some of the ancient myths of Zeus and these, the power and lightning and thunder and attention. God, he chose a family. And that, it shocks me because I don't know about you, but when I think of family, I mean, that, that just brings some really interesting perspective and really interesting images to my mind. When you think of family, what do you think of? All right, I'll be honest. When I think of family, I think they're nuts. I mean, I don't know about you. I love my family. I grew up with the most incredible family, but I'll be honest, they're nuts. I mean, we're all crazy. And isn't it funny that your family's nuts, but you think you're normal? As a matter of fact, chances are you probably look at your family and think, we're the normal ones. Everybody else is weird. It's, it's them. But the fact that we are all kind of nuts, I mean, it just, doesn't it just kind of, isn't it confounding that God chose to bring the, the Son of the Almighty, the Creator, into the world through a family? I mean, think of any family. I mean, some of you right now, the, the, whole, the greatest pain in your life is, is because of a family. One of the greatest struggles of your life is that you don't connect with your family. One of the greatest heartbreaks of your life is that you feel disconnected and you feel rejected or whatever. There's some damage there. Family, it's a really mixed bag. And when I think of the way my family is just kind of the, the story that I came up in, we were three brothers, um, and then we had our four cousins, all boys. There were seven of us boys who kind of were raised together. And so all the special events, when I think of Christmas, I think of the crazy Christmases that we seven boys, because we'd come over to Grandma's house on Christmas Eve. Parents would unpack all the presents, put them under the tree. It looked like a pyramid. I mean, we were not wealthy folks, but I'm telling you, it looked like, it was just like, you know, Christmas town explosion. There were presents everywhere. We'd stay overnight, and then we would, in the morning, just have an un unbelievable unwrapping party. It was the best thing ever. But somewhere along the line, amongst, and when you get seven boys together, I'm telling you, it's just going to be kind of crazy. And somewhere along the line, people started deciding to wrap up special packages of surprises. And it wasn't the moms, and it wasn't the dads, but the brothers and the cousins. We all started. And somebody decided that, and again, I can't believe I'm telling you this, but I consider you my family, and I'm a little nuts, and so just understand that. They would, somebody went out in the backyard and gathered puppy poo and decided it was, the, it was like the package. And, and so for Christmas, somebody wrapped it up and gave it to one of the, the brothers. And the brothers all thought it was the most funny thing in the world so that it became the regifted gift. And it started going from every single Christmas, somebody was going to get the peppy poo. And it was like, the dog's name was Peppy. And it was basically unreal that every, grandma, mom and grandmas would all go in there and check the packages. And they, the guys got so creative, they'd wrap it in cellophane so nobody would know. And it's like, somebody would always get this incredibly stupid, embarrassing, disgusting package. And that's what I'm saying. I grew up with the, my family's nuts. I'm just, it's embarrassing, but it's true. And I think about the family structure 
And I think about the way that God designed his encounter with humanity to come through a group, a group of people. And I'm telling you, even the story that Jesus was in, if you think about it, you read the scriptures, he had sibling rivalry. It said that his brothers came to get him one time, his brothers and his, and his sister, because it said they didn't even believe in him. I mean, what would your brother have to do to convince you he was the son of God or he was God? But that's what we find. And then one time there was a little controversy because Jesus, when he was 12 years old, decided that he was old enough to make his own decisions. And he was stayed in the city when the family left town and nobody knew that until it was too late that he had stayed behind and wanted to be in the temple. Mom and dad had to really... Con Listen, Jesus, you need to com you, communication. You know, have you ever heard that in a family? You, we need to communicate about these things. You need to. And so Jesus had to submit himself. There was conflict. There was frustration. There was tension. Who knows? Joseph disappeared from the story at some point. We only see Mary, the distant parts of the gospel. What, what a family story. I just find it so interesting. But can I tell you one of the greatest things about the family is that God decided that it was not just the gift of his son, that the gift of Jesus came with other gifts. And I want to just talk about three really quickly that I want to say, if you're going to re-gift anything, the ones that Jesus gave you, the three ones I just want to emphasize for you and for the people that I'm spending a lot of time with, here's three of them. Can you re-gift the gift of love? It was love that sent him. The scriptures tell us, and we all have heard it, for God so loved the world that he sent his son, his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him wouldn't perish, but would have everlasting life. Love. I mean, is there, not, is there not like a crisis right now of people's anger and tension and frustration? What would it be like if we just like, just decided to re-gift that gift of love all Christmas long? I bet there's somebody in your life right now, I bet there's somebody in your family circle that, that just, if you would look them in the eye, if you would just recognize... Everyone wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be identified and recognized. Everybody wants to be seen. I bet there's somebody in your family right now that just needs more than anything else. The greatest gift you could give them is just love. Just to wrap your arms around. I just haven't told you lately, but I love you. I just, I just want to tell you that I love you. And I see you. Gift of love. Paul said the greatest gift. He has, there's the gift of prophecy. There's the gift of speaking in tongues. There's all these gifts that God gave. The gifts of healing. I mean, there's incredible, crazy gifts that God gave through the church. But he goes, you know what the greatest gift is? You can have all that stuff. That's great. But if you don't have love, it's pointless. The greatest of all these, faith, hope, and love, those are the things that will last. But the greatest of all of them is love. Can you give somebody, who needs love the most? And just picture right now in your family, who needs it the most? Let me ask you another one. How about this? The gift of encouragement. We live in a discouraged society. Courage is leaking out of society as people look around and they watch our politics, they watch our, the world that we live in right now where we just have, it's a collision of values and understanding and beliefs. What if we were just, what if we were a family of encouragers? What if we looked at it, how, when's the last time you just celebrated the heck out of somebody and just told them, you are so amazing, let me tell you why. I find it interesting that the Apostle Paul, when he gave us his, you know, the gospel, I mean, his uh, take on everything, the gospel, when he gave us the epistles and he wrote about his experiences, he said, he used these terms called the one another's. And he said all throughout his teachings, the one another, one another, one another. And what's he saying? He said, love one another, care for one another. But one of the things he told us is encourage one another today, while it's still called today, encourage each other. Why? Because we live in a discouraged world. 
The courage has leaked out. We live in a world of frustration. We live in a world of tension. We live in a world of disharmony. What if we just became champions at regifting encouragement? To bring courage back into people, just to make people believe in themselves again, to celebrate. I bet there's a mom in this room. I bet there's a mom or a dad that you have done all you can. I mean, you have shopped and you have cooked and you have prepped and you've served and you've You've done all the hard work behind the scenes, dads or moms, that you've gone, to, you've gone to work every day and you've saved and done the most you can. And you're like, you're literally pouring your life out for people. And you just sometimes, you just wonder, do, do, do you see, does anybody even notice? Man, I just, what if you pause and just think of a couple people in your life that for whatever reason you have, that you just kind of have overlooked, that have just been so solid, so generous, so kind, so giving, and you just celebrated the life out of them. You just went and told them. You just really, really encouraged them that they've made a difference in your life. And you celebrate them. I bet there are a couple of people in your life that right now, if you re-gifted the gift of encouragement, you could shock them. It would be the greatest gift you could give this Christmas. Let me give you the final gift. And that's the gift of forgiveness. The whole point of Jesus coming was that God was extending an invitation to all, all of us who had walked away and pushed back and said, you know what, we've come up with a better system, we don't really need that, we've grown out of religion, we've grown out of believing in something far away, we, we think we can manage our affairs right here on earth. And what have we done? We've just about destroyed ourselves. And this is what, what if the invitation that God has given, which is this, to all who would believe, to all who would receive Him, to all who would confess their sins, He would be faithful to forgive their sins. And to give them eternal life, to call them sons and daughters. What if we were to give that gift back? What if we were to turn around and just say, you know what, there's a couple people in my life that I've just been holding on. I've just, every time I think of them, every time I hear their name, it's like, ugh. Every time I run across them, and I'm going the other way. If I even, if I even hear somebody just talks about them, I just, it kind of gives me a sick feeling. Right around Christmas time, there's probably somebody in your life, there's probably somebody in your family circle, there's probably that somebody in your life that needs the greatest gift you could give them is the gift of forgiveness. Something happened. Somebody was at fault, probably wasn't you, of course not, <laughs> somebody else out there. But what if, what if we were to say, you know what, freely you've received, freely give, Jesus said, what if we were to say, that's me. God has offered me an incredible gift of forgiveness. I want to extend it. I just ask you to join me in that today that we would just offer forgiveness. That we would be the ones that say, God, this is my gift. I'm going to re-gift it. I want to offer it to everybody else. And just tonight as we close, um, what we're going to do is we're going to take this little candle. And this candle, is, as the band returns, and they're going to lead us in a final song of Silent Night. As we, as we take this little light, I want, to, I want you to picture the fact that life without our God, life without the Maker, life, man, it's just a, it's just a total cosmic collision of accidents. What, what, if, what if there was no hope? What if there was no purpose? What if there's no point to your life? The, the point of Jesus is he came to give us life. He came in a family, through a family, to give everybody else in a family the hope that God has a plan. And what if this represents your little life? This little candle represents the way that God brings light into your life, brings hope into your life, brings love and encouragement and forgiveness. And then if you will, if you choose to, you can re-gift that this Christmas. So as we begin the song, the group up front, my family and different ones are going to light the candle and then they're going to go throughout the room. And I want you to just one by one, take a moment and reflect on your life. This is your life apart from God. This is your life in the dark. This is your life without the hope 
first for this life and then the life to come. And what does it mean? What would it mean if you decided that you were not only going to embrace that gift from God, you were going to pass it on? And the way we'd like you to do that is once your candle is lit, please don't tip it. The wax is really troublesome to get off. So keep it upright and everybody who's going to be lighting theirs can tip theirs gently towards you. Light it and once yours is lit, again, keep it upright. And let's pass it around the room all the way down the rows and so that everybody can share the incredible joy, the gift of light. Let's sing together and as we do, let's light our candle. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4.4, Paul said, in the fullness of time, at the perfect time, at just the right time, God sent forth his son unto a virgin. And he sent the son unto people who were under the law. In other words, to people who were bound in chains because of the guilt and their own failures. And he sent them to offer them a chance to become sons and daughters of God, to become literally his family. God's building a family. And the greatest news that you can have, and the greatest thing is, this is supposed to be the greatest family of joy because we serve a God of joy. We serve a God of creativity, of life, of love, of beauty and goodness. And what I'm praying for this Christmas is that you would experience, that you would experience the family God had always intended you to have. Because to be honest, our families are broken. I have the best family in the world. I love them. I'm so incredibly proud of them. I just, I just know we're regular people. We're human. And somebody disappoints, and somebody frustrates, and somebody irritates, and somebody breaks your heart, and somebody, and that's just every family. But you see, what God did is he invited us through Jesus to be a part of his family. And he said, I'll show you what it looks like to be the right part, to be the, the lead of a family. That he came to show us what God's intentions for our family was to look like. He set the example. He said, here's what I'm going to offer you. I'm going to give it to you first, the gift of love. Nobody's ever loved you like God's loved you. He gave, he gave his only son that you could have life. He said, I want to give you encouragement. I want to fill you with courage so that you can live a life of purpose and value and joy and celebration. I want to fill you with courage. And he said, I want to give you forgiveness because there's nobody who can wash away your guilt and shame and the past and the failures. and the bro- Nobody can do that but God. He goes, and I will give you that. Because Jesus went to the redeem, the word he went to redeem us, literally means he took our place on the slave seller's block. We're sold in brokenness, and he, he saved us, he redeemed us, he traded places with us. And folks, I want you to just take this little light and picture that you're going to move out of this room tonight. You're going to blow out your little candle, you're going to walk out the doors. But what you carry with you is the light inside, and that light, let it be love, let it be just incredible encouragement, let it be forgiveness. And let me pray with you as we head out. God, let this Christmas be the most amazing Christmas. Let this year be a year where we just begin to learn, to discover, to walk as a family of people who love and encourage and forgive. And let this light just be so true to the world that they just come and they just say, what have you got? What have you, let me see, let me get a little closer. I need that. I desire that. I want that. And God, I just pray that this would be your dream come true, that we as your people would begin to reflect and re-gift the greatest gifts you've given us. And I pray, Lord God, that the glory would return to you and the joy would come to us as we get to experience life in a family like yours. Go with us. Bless our time this evening and throughout the weekend as we celebrate your birth. And God, we say it to you. Most of all, Merry Christmas. Thank you for your life. Thank you for coming. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let me just tell you, before you blow it out, don't blow hard. You blow wax all over the people in front of you, nice and gently. And don't tip it for about a minute so the wax cools. Guys, we love you. We do this every week, 10 o'clock, I'm sorry, 9 and 10.30 on Sundays. We'd love, if you don't have a church family, join ours. We'd love to see you back this weekend. Before you go, again, celebrate Christmas and think of all the gifts you want to give. These are the best. God bless you. See you Sunday. Enjoy it. Merry Christmas.
true. Cause she trimmed trees.